Hello, and welcome to Health and Fitness Redefined. I am your host, Anthony Amen. Join me today as we take a dive into the world of health and fitness, where we learn how to overcome adversity, depict fact versus fiction, and see health and fitness in a whole new light. Today, we've got a special guest on the phone, Veronica Hugger. I think I'm saying that right podcast host of the fat loss success story so she has her own podcast talks a lot about fat loss i figured why not she's a great person to have on this show so veronica welcome hi hi anthony thank you for having me it's, it's an honor to be on your show so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself uh, why you got into health and fitness and why ultimately you have a podcast called the uh, fat loss success stories okay here we go well, um, right now I'm 54 years old, but I have been interested in health and fitness since college. Um, I didn't realize it, but I grew up overweight. Not obese, but overweight. And <clears throat> I guess it's because my mom wanted us to be healthy. I mean, she fed us healthy food and we ate it. But when I got to uh, college, my dad um, was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And I being the investigator, uh, wanted to figure out why. So I started reading all these books about what causes cancer. And a lot of it was tied to nutrition. And so I reevaluated what I was eating and I basically became a vegetarian. And then I went along and discovered aerobics at that time. That's what was going on in the late eighties, early nineties. And the weight slowly came off. And life went on and I joined other gyms and, you know, here and there, there was no consistency, no sustainability. And then I reached a time in my life where I was underweight because I had no body tone. I had no muscles and I was wow. eating very, very little and not enough. And then I got pregnant and my doctor said, you need to gain weight. So I, I got to eat a lot and uh, basically built up into a, a body, a, a normal body, you know, it was normal, but I didn't have any exercise. I didn't have any muscle tone. And it was that time that people were saying women need to uh, do resistance training to build muscle strength. And I said, Oh, I got plenty of time to do that. Well, life goes on. And then I started entering menopause and my body started changing without me doing anything. So I started, uh, I got really involved in yoga. Um, I, in fact, became a yoga instructor. I love uh, yoga and always will do yoga for the rest of my life because it's something that you can do for your entire life. And thought, you know, doing more yoga, joining a gym, doing more weightlifting would help control that, that body that the change in your body happens during menopause and that's mainly what women complain about is the middle your your middle gets bigger and you cannot control the bed the, the belly fat that is added because of menopause and that's what happened to me and i said well but what, what does society tell us society says eat less exercise more and i started doing that and i got really good at it and i got really strict in when i ate and i got you know to the point where it became very difficult to be around me because I wasn't going to eat that or this. And, you know, it just wasn't fun. And then one day when I was 53, I said, you know, there's this program that they're promoting at the gym called the faster way to fat loss. 
and the owner of the gym is really into it. She's become a coach. She's taught all these people. And so many of my friends have gone through the program and they've really been successful and I've been resisting it. So I'm going to do that. This is my last chance before I give up and say, I got it. You know, the menopause has caught up to me. I just have to wear my belly fat as a badge of honor of being a mother. I, you know, just before I gave up completely, I said, I need to try the faster way. And I did. And within three weeks, I was seeing the progress, the success that I was looking for. And when you get success, when you are successful in doing something, that becomes your own self-motivator. So it was very easy for me to pick up and say, okay, I'm going to take this program because it's a six week introductory program. It's for six weeks. You're taught everything that you need to know about good nutrition and efficient exercise. And I did that and I said, now I know what I need to do. And I really appreciated the accountability. I learned that about myself. I learned a lot about accountability and I said, I could handle this on my own. I don't need to join their membership community. I can do this on my own. Well, I, I, I found out I couldn't do it. So I joined the membership. And in that way, I learned about the importance of community, about being in a group to provide uh, the, the community and the accountability and the support. And I, and I got really into the program. I wanted to promote it. And so I eventually said, you know what, I got a, my, my bachelor's degree is in mass communications. I have a background in the scrapbooking industry and scrapbooking is all about telling stories. I said, and I started listening to all these podcasts and I said, I really want to do a podcast. And I said, what could I do a podcast Podcasts were you listening to? Um, well, I was into Game of Thrones, so I was listening to all the Game of Thrones <laughs> podcasts. Oh, that's and, really cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get through, through, right now I'm doing a lot on the, Enneagram, but you know, and then I did a lot about, I obviously listened to Dr. Mark Hyman, which is the uh, doctor's pharmacy and Dr. Stephen Cabral. So I'm always listening to some fitness, but I go through waves of types of podcasts that I listen to anyway. Um, and I said, I talked to my coach. I said, you know what I want to do? I really want to start a podcast to support the faster way and to promote it to the group of people, namely like me, peri and menopausal women who are undergoing this change that they can't control and as a way of saying, hey, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And in doing that, I understood that there are, there are quite a lot of people out there that don't know how to eat or how to exercise. And that's what the faster way teaches you to do. I want to backtrack before we go any further. Mm -hmm. Start with your childhood. So you were saying you started off overweight and you didn't realize you were overweight. At what point did you start to say, hey, maybe I need to do something about it? Was it something you internally saw or was it something that maybe your parents or people around you pointed out to you? What was that motivator to really switch gears from there? The motivator was my father getting cancer and my in, investigating about the health aspect because I didn't really think I was overweight. I mean, um, 
yeah, it's like, oh, I wish I had thinner thighs. I, I, I Maybe I'm just not that self-conscious. I probably don't have that self-conscious type of personality. But uh, then, then I didn't have it. Now I'm, uh, I'm more self-conscious. But uh, it just wasn't part of my growing up. Uh, um, we didn't worry about what you look like necessarily. And I, I look back at my photos from my yearbooks and, and back in that time in high school, it's like, golly, you know what, Veronica, back then when everybody was skinny, you were overweight. Now, if you look at my pictures and compare it to kids that age now, I'm probably normal weight because society has changed. Kids are larger now. People are larger now. Uh, people accept overweightness a little bit more. Uh, and that's dangerous. And that's another reason why I started this podcast because I don't want society to accept being overweight as something that we sh you can accept. Uh, we need to accept that a lifestyle that's healthy is what we want not a health because when you look at somebody who's overweight or even obese and then you look at them when they're at a normal weight after they lost their weight they look so much more healthy so it's not just a matter of fat loss which even though that's the name the part of the name of my podcast it's really about health and the overweight like i said is to answer your question i really didn't have a click moment regarding my weight. I had more of a click moment of what can I do to uh, control my health? Did you have and that, that led to moment, lost weight. Did you have that click moment when you hit menopause? Cause you said you went from over to under back to over. So I'm just curious, was it just, Hey, this is menopause. It's kind of keeping me down. And you're looking around and you're saying, Oh man, I used to be really thin before I got pregnant. Was there any kind of, or was it really just the gym you started joining that helped change your mind about how you felt about yourself? That's a good question. Let me see if I can think. I, I mean, I think, you know, throughout life, I always wanted to be healthy enough, just, just not realizing it. But as far as weight, um, I'm probably the same size I was when I realized that I needed to do more resistance training. Um, but I'm, my, my weight is proportioned differently. Um, I have more muscle tone. I have a lot more muscle tone. And, you know, muscle weighs more than fat. So, you know, really, <laughs> to be honest with you, um, when I realized that I was so underweight, uh, that's when I met my husband now and he, he's very self-conscious about weight and health and, and muscles and everything. And he got me in, in, he wanted me to go to the gym. He's always encouraged me to go to the gym and he, he's the fashionista between the two of us. So he buys all my clothes and I have all these, nice clothes because I don't like to shop. Like you said, I'm not self-conscious. I don't, I, I don't like to shop, especially for myself and clothes because I'd go into a store, try something on and I'm like, it doesn't fit. I'm, I'm too short. I have to get it hemmed or, you know, it's, it, it, I, it was frustrating to me. It's not part of my personality to go shopping. 
he loves to go shopping and he loves to shop for me. So anyway, he had bought all the, I have all these clothes. If I want to keep those clothes and avoid going through buying more clothes again, I better stay the same size. So that's a motivator for me. Uh, also that was motivating me. It's like, I don't want to have to buy new clothes and I don't want a closet full of clothes that are three different sizes. Yeah, then you're just getting overcrowded. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of women are like that. They have, these are my skinny jeans, and these are my fat jeans or whatever, and I didn't want that. I said, these are my jeans. I got to fit in these jeans, and they're, they will tell me whether or not I need to lose weight. I like that. You have a set pair of, instead of looking at a scale, which I'm not a fan of, but having like a set pair of jeans from a time when you can look back and say, damn, I looked good. And mm -hmm. that being your benchmark for whether or not you need to gain or lose weight, it's a little bit more of like intrinsic motivation instead of looking at a scale and just getting depressed about a number that probably won't even change when you lose weight. Because like Correct. You're gaining muscle. Well, that's so. the first rule in a faster way. The first thing they tell you to do is to weigh yourself to find out what your weight is and then throw away your scale. Because the number on the scale does not indicate how successful you are on this program. Things we call non-scale victories, like how do my genes fit is your indicator of success. How well are you sleeping is an indicator of success. What are your cravings? Are you craving chocolate like you did before at two o'clock in the afternoon and needed a Snickers bar? If you're no longer craving that, that's because you're eating healthy and your body doesn't need to seek out that chocolate. Those non-scale victories are the indicator of success. And that's why we don't worry about the number on the scale because that does not tell you to succeed or not. If I was 130 pounds and skinny, but I had really high cholesterol and was susceptible to heart attack, how good is that if I'm 130 pounds and I have muscle, muscle definition and I can bench press 100 pounds? I'd much rather be the one who can bench weight 130, uh, 100 pounds being 130 pounds than the one who's got the bad cholesterol. It, the number does not mean anything at all. Yeah, the I, reason I, why we weigh ourselves is the re reason why you need to get a, a weight is so you can indicate you can have a baseline of how many calories your body needs to live on a daily basis. And then you take that number and you tweak it based on the ratios of macros. And that's, we're getting into the healthy eating and the macro tracking part of the program. So I, like I don't want to get ahead of myself. No, no, it's all good. We could talk about that first part a little bit more because I've run something very similarly that a lot of my, audiences have heard I do a 30-day transformation challenge for two contestants but our trackers aren't your typical here's your weight here's your body fat we do mm -hmm. just measure to get a baseline but my underlying score what I'm looking for is the first thing is mental health where are mm -hmm. you sitting how are you feeling by yourself then your confidence how much more confident do you feel about yourself in the last 30 days how much more sleep are you getting how how much more reading and uh, being motivated, are you feeling about pushing yourself towards living a happier, healthier life? And I would love to see, like, your, your program is hitting that right on the head, with, I believe. It's, you need to focus on 
more working on what the inside than what the outside is. And I'm a really big firm believer. So I, I really like that it's tracking that kind of aspect for people where it's working on the, their inside and getting themselves feeling better as opposed to here's just what I look like and having that just as a side effect of it. Mindset is a huge aspect of the faster way. And that's what you're talking about. It's the mindset um, that you live with every day, whether or not you're trying to, to lose weight. You know, it's, it's how are you doing up in your head and in your heart? So yeah, you're, you're, you're completely right. It's just called different people call it different things. Yeah. I love it. Let's talk about the flip side of it. I want to get more into the, the nitty gritty of what exactly is this program? What exactly do you do? And we'll just dive, take a dive headfirst into it. So hopefully we can help our listeners all around the world just get themselves on the right track. So I think that's the biggest pusher for all of us is just to help as many people as we possibly can. Right. Well, my podcast is the fat is fat loss success stories, which highlights the victories of those who have succeeded on the faster way to fat loss. And so they're, they're testimonials. I also have some uh, podcast episodes on there that explain the different components of the faster way to fat loss. But basically the faster way uh, is a nutrition and fitness online program. So we're in an online world now, and I tell you, it was a godsend with COVID to have a supportive community and online fitness training there already established for me when we went into this, this different type of lifestyle that we're living now that we're in COVID. But anyway, it's based on several key principles. And as somebody who goes through the six-week starter program, you are assigned a coach, a personal coach that you can deal with one-on-one who is going to check in on you every single day, guide you, hold your hand, make sure that you are understanding the concepts and are able to implement them into your life. Because the goal is not to lose 30 pounds. The goal is to implement a healthy lifestyle that's sustainable and fits into your current lifestyle. So it's based on one, whole food nutrition. And that's what really got me. When they started saying it's only whole food nutrition, we're not going to have any shakes or candy bars or whatever. There's nothing for you to buy. We're going to teach you what is healthy to eat and how to prepare it. So it teaches you what is good for your body, what to avoid, and namely we avoid gluten and dairy because those are the two main inflammatories. So you start working, you start evaluating your pantry and evaluating your refrigerator and finding out, does this meet the criteria of whole food nutrition? Does it come from the ground or come or have a mother? If it doesn't, it's something that needs to be eliminated. You need to start eliminating that from your diet and then finding out what you can substitute it with, you know, almond milk instead of cow's milk, uh, things like that. And as you go through the six-week program, you're also learning about macros. And that is how to manage the ratio of macros, which are fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, so that you have the appropriate ratio 
for yourself because not everybody is the same. Yeah. So some I people a, might have a different, yeah. I had a dietitian on the show, I think I believe it was episode three with Jackie and we broke down fats, proteins, carbs, your macronutrients really explain what they are. So I'm curious to ask, which is why I kind of jumped in here. What, what's that ratio you guys typically look for when you're breaking down someone's fats, carbs, and proteins? What, is there a percentage? Is this a set number? What are you really pinning? And obviously it will vary slightly based on the client, but just wanted to get a rough estimate of where we're at mm-hmm. with those. Well, because as we get into the fitness part, and, and the goal is to build muscle uh, as a way to increase the metabolism to burn fat and eventually strength and flexibility. Um, protein is probably, protein is the most important macro because generally people are under eating their protein and they need it in order to build the strength that we're looking for. But 30% is what we usually start with. And some people might be 25, depending on your goals, because that's the joy of working with a personal coach is that if you are in the fat burning goal, if fat burning is your goal, then the the macros are gonna be adjusted to get you to that goal. So I had different macro settings before when I was in a fat burning mode. Now I'm in a strength building mode. So now my pro is in the 30% range. Now, what, is, what do the experts say? Well, Dr. Gabriel Lyon, who was on a podcast, uh, Dr. Pharmacy, Mark Hyman's uh, podcast, The Doctor's Pharmacy, uh, number 61, she's all about protein and, and how important it is. And that's a very interesting episode to listen to if you're into it. She recommends 30%. Baseline, 30%. Whether or not you're trying to uh, build muscle or lose weight. So then you've got the other two macros, which are fat and carbohydrates that you play with. Now, of course, the keto diet, it says eat more, eat more, you know, 70, 80% fat and very, very low carbohydrates. The position of the faster way is that eliminating any of the macronutrients is detrimental long-term. It may help you short-term, but it's not sustainable. Yeah, I think we pretty much summed that one up on the keto diet episode. <laughs> <laughs> and even on top of it, a lot of people don't know, which Dr. Amen was happy enough to bring up, where if you're on the keto diet and you are eating a lot of proteins, your body is actually going to use that protein as a glucose source as opposed to the fat going through ketosis. So mm-hmm. you're counteracting it anyway. So realistically, you need... He didn't say no carbs, low carbs, low protein, high fat. And I don't know about anybody else in the world, but to me as someone who lives and breathes fitness, we're going to get rid of a lot of my favorite foods telling me that. And there's no way picking one macronutrient is definitely going to be beneficial for me. I'm very much in agreement. You need all three. Exactly. I mean, if you're doing a keto diet, you're not able to eat fruit. I love fruit. How do you live a life without fruit? I don't know. I peaches. Oh my God. When they're perfectly (laughs) ripe. I just like, like thinking about it right now. And I just want one. (laughs) I'm I'm eating frozen pineapple right now. It's wonderful. Yeah. Now 
So now you know what, now you know what you need to eat. What is, what is your macro ratio? So now you, you know the ratio you have to eat. Now what's the minimum you need to eat? That's when your eyes get really opened in the faster way because the minimums are very high. Mm, I have that. to eat more calories than I ever thought I could consume. Right now, I'm, I need minimum 1,550 calories a day based on my body, okay? Probably joining this pro- program, I was eating under 1,000. Under 1,000? Exactly. That's well, why that's- it's not sustainable, right? You think, oh, eat less, exercise more. No, you can't. That is not the answer. It is not the answer anymore. The answer for the faster way is basically eat a lot more and exercise efficiently. So that's the biggest learning curve for people on the faster way is not only eating the ratio of macros, but eating enough macros to meet your minimum. I think this is going to go directly on one of my future podcasts that we're talking about pre-show, Women in Fitness, which is Mm -hmm. what I'm heavily leaning towards doing a debate on. And- that's the biggest thing. Women just don't eat enough food and they complain about how they're not building muscle and they're not losing weight. It's because your body's holding on. I think my right. listeners are very attuned to know I eat over 3,000 calories consistently a day. Consistently. Some days 5,000, some days 4,000. But it's because I work out properly, eat the right foods. Mm-hmm. Simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's not 3,000 calories of donuts and pizza. Oh, no, it's 3,000 calories of lean meats, uh, whole grains. I did a wonderful episode, and I highly recommend, Veronica, you listen to it. 30 minutes of me talking about my favorite thing in the world, fiber, and how I believe (laughs) that is the key to unlocking everyone's success. Because what foods are high in fiber? Your whole foods, your fruits, (laughs) your veggies, things you can only get from the ground. So instead of- Oh, we're talking the same language then, Anthony. We're talking the same language. Yeah. Pick it easy. A lot of people, it's hard to track calories, to track carbs, fast protein. I understand there's a lot of work. Some people get involved weighing, blah, blah, blah. So I said for those that maybe your program is a little too much and you just want to start square one before you hop into something like this, if you just track your amount of fiber per day, I Mm -hmm. promise you your diet will be- twice as good as it previously was before nothing else just your fiber and you're starting on the right track and then everything else after that's easy that's interesting if i'm tracking my macros and i'm hitting my minimums and then i take a look at my fiber i'm like whoa a lot more than what my goal was in fiber even though the goal wasn't fiber but yeah if you're eating if you're hitting your macros this is what we call hitting your macros you're definitely getting your fiber in yeah Oh, definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, as far as determining what 30%, 30% of protein is generally your body weight in grams. That's what your macro, you know, that's what your goal is uh, in 30%. Yeah. Just to clarify, like we did on a previous episode for those listening, this doesn't mean if you're 300 pounds, you're eating 300 grams of protein a day. This <laughs> That's is true. Yeah. your per lean muscle yeah. weight. Yeah. yeah. Whatever your lean muscle weight is, you deduct out your body fat. That's one-to-one ratio. So I really just want to clarify so no one ends up in the ER because they have kidney damage. 
from eating right. 65 steaks in one sitting. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> well, that, you bring up a very good point. That is what is the ideal. I, I'm sorry. She was, Dr. Lyons definitely said, what is your ideal body weight? Eat that in, in grams of protein, not your current one. I was, I was just assuming you were already into maintenance mode, but yes, she says, <laughs> she does say, I don't want to misquote her. She does say your ideal body weight in grams. Yeah. So anyway, now I get to eat carbs and you get your carbs from, like you said, your fruits and vegetables. And if you're not eating gluten, you're not eating pastas, but you are eating whole grain rice. You are eating potatoes. Sweet potatoes are a big deal on the faster way. Mm. So there's, very little deprivation. Sweet potatoes and cinnamon baked. Oh. <laughs> oh, and try it with a little bit of maple syrup. Maple syrup? Mm-hmm. I guess sweet potato fries go with maple syrup. Why wouldn't that work on a regular <laughs> sweet potato? All right. Okay. Officially on the bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to whole food nutrition, which is the basis, there are other scientific strategies that are key to the faster way. Uh, when you get to fat loss, you want to do intermittent fasting. And we aim for minimum 12 hours, but if it, we want to have a minimum of uh, up, work, out, work up to 16-8. So basically, eight-hour feeding window and a 16-hour fasting window. Okay. And, I'm going to jump in right here. Uh, sorry. Okay. I want to I talk about this because... I think me and you are going to have a great conversation. I feel it. I'm getting like excited talking right now. (laughs) (laughs) Intermittent fasting. I love how you brought that up because to me, everyone always talks badly about a lot of like the Jenny Craig, whatever. So many stupid Mm -hmm. diets out there in the world. I want to bring up intermittent fasting from my point of view. And then I want you to talk about what I'm saying, whether you agree or disagree off of this sure one of the reasons i like intermittent fasting i don't believe in any of the metabolism benefits or anything like that there's only one reason i like it and that is because it prevents you from snacking and a lot of people tend to eat bad foods when they snack so if you control that mindset where you're telling yourself i can't eat during this hour it prevents you from reaching from those really high caloric uh, high carb foods that you would normally sit on the couch and just down and not think about it so that's that's my biggest benefit personally to those that do intermittent fasting that's one of the reasons i'm not overly against it because it does teach you how to eat very controllably instead of just binge eating as much as you want whenever you want so <laughs> I do mm-hmm. like that, but I want to hear your perspective on that based upon what I said and what you guys work off of it. Well, the faster way is built on rest. As much as we do working out uh, in the program, two days are dedicated to rest, active recovery. We also rest our digestive system through intermittent fasting. And I can... I, I, I tell you intermittent fasting, that's what we call it, but it's really not intermittent fasting. It's more like time-restrictive eating. And at 16-8, basically the kitchen closes a certain time at night and you do not do any late night snacking. You get a good night's rest. You wake up, 
and you delay your breakfast, you break your fast with a very nutritious lunch. So basically, I agree completely, hands down. Intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating is going to eliminate the snacking, and right there, you're on the right track, definitely. Now, if you want to take it further, and this is not advocated in the faster way, to a 24 uh, eating uh, intermittent fasting protocol where you're resting for 20 hours and eating in a four-hour window or a one meal a day, because I've done some investigating in, in intermittent fasting, as a way to reach autophagy, and then we're going into a totally different, totally different um, discussion. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not I, a I, fan I, of one meal a day at all, just strictly based on insulin levels in the body, because you're going to get a mm -hmm. high insulin spike when you shove everything down on one meal and mm -hmm. then go hyper to hypoglycemic back and forth. Mm -hmm. So that's, you think you're just setting yourself up for diet, type 2 diabetes and that you aspect. Can't, you can't get your macros in. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. So what's the happy medium? What is something that the normal person is going to be able to adapt? to long-term as a sustainable lifestyle. Whole food nutrition, time-restricted eating, managing your macros, because once you understand how many macros and you start living and, and you get this intuitiveness about how many macros I need to eat a day and how much, how many macros are in this food and that food. So the goal is to get to a point where you're, in, uh, you're eating instinctively, intuitive eating, what we call it, so you, that you don't have to track your macros anyway, anymore. Tracking your macros is a tool to get you to intuitive eating so that you can have a lifestyle and you're not tied to some type of app to track your macros. So that, that's part of it. And you know, getting into a, a time-restricted eating through intermittent fasting, that's another thing that you work up to. And, and like I said, what does the faster way offer? It offers that coaching, that one-on-one -on -one hand holding, the 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 building of the tiny habits to get you to this place of sixteen eight. Okay, so we don't drop you into it and say you you got to you got to do a sixteen eight protocol. We work up to it. Uh, one one week is dedicated to whole food nutrition. One week is dedicated to intermittent fasting. One is done to macro. So you're building up tiny habits in order to get something sustainable that you can, you can stay with. Now let's switch and talk about the fitness. You don't have to be in the gym all day long. Get off that car get off that treadmill where you're not doing anything effective and let's find something that's efficient so that you can get in and out, get her done and go live your life because that's how women are. We can't spend hours in the gym. We've got things to do. And that's why the, all the workouts in the faster way are about 30 minutes long. That's it. They're going to get right. you in and out. We had a nice uh, conversation with Pat on a previous po podcast talking about the cardio trap, the evils of mm. the cardio trap. That's what I call it here. Yeah. <laughs> but continue. I just want to point out, uh, please get off the treadmill and go start weightlifting and be more time efficient. Thank you. <laughs> we're, really, we're really having a discussion, not much of a debate because we are in agreement in so many things. But, I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, get, get out of the cardio trap. What we focus on five days a week because we rest two days, two days a week, 
back to back. We do something really different. It's called carb cycling with high intensity interval training. And what that does is that we take the benefits of the quote keto diet and we adopt them for just those two days if you're focusing on fat loss. Okay, if you're focusing on fat loss. And what we do on those low carb days is that we restrict our net carb intake, not total, but net. So it's basically your carb intake minus your fiber. So for example, a tablespoon of, this is my favorite analogy, tablespoon of chia seeds has five grams of carbs and five grams of fiber. So they net themselves out. So that I can have chia seeds and be really good on low carb day because I love my chia seeds. So I put anyway, them literally everything. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> what did I tell Smoothies. you? It's all about that fiber. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're working on less than fifty gram, fifty net grams of fiber. You're going to hit your protein goals, whatever that is, and then everything else is fat. So I call low carb days my avocado and nut day. So that's when I get to eat my avocado and my nuts and pecans and, and macadamia nuts and all that. So I get to eat those because my, my, uh, the rest of the week I'm, I'm, I need to limit my fat because that's really hard for me because of how many carbs I have to, I, I eat more carbs and my fat intake during the rest of the week is really low. So on those two consecutive days, we do high intensity interval training and the exercises are rolled out online. We have all the, every, every workout is brand new. So they're, they're able to deliver them within the like three weeks of recording them. So they're very intuitive and react to the comments in the, in the community. But anyway, any, all the workouts are that anybody at any level can do. There's low impact. Uh, they struck, they have three people in each video and says, I'm going to do it this way. This person's going to intensify and this person's going to do low impact. So you can follow any of them in the, in the video and do it to your ability. So there's two days of high intensity interval training and then three days of strength training. One day is total body. One day is upper body, and then one day is legs. Legs, baby. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> because legs are such a big muscle group and so important to supporting the rest of the body. So they, they need to get their attention. And on leg day, leg day is when we get to have a treat because this is not about deprivation. So the, the mascot of the faster way is the donut because Amanda – Tress, the founder, loves donuts, and she wants to have them as part of her lifestyle, and so she saves the donut for leg day. And everybody else. (laughs) I'm I'm being serious about this. I didn't know it was a thing that most trainers are not only love donuts, are obsessed. And like, I'm not not a fan of sweets in general, but so many trainers that I'm friends with that are so successful – their go-to is donuts. And I don't know why there's a link between trainers and donuts. It's just a little bit of information. There's so many, countless people, countless really? people. It blows my mind. Everyone's like, oh, I saved my treat for the donut. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> where, where, what am I missing? <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, 
I ask one question of all my guests, and that is, what is your leg day treat? And you get everything. Uh, wine and alcohol, Mexican food, French fries, whatever. But the thing is, is that there's an opportunity to specifically build it in. You need, you need, to, you need to celebrate your non-scale victories and, and getting through this week, doing what you need to do, you know, and celebrate. Now, uh, you know, I don't necessarily save my treat for leg day. I may have more than one treat. I don't care as long as it fits in your macros. You know, you can have that leg day treat as long as it fits in your macro. If, if it fits in your macros, you know that acronym. Yeah. Can I say something right now that I love that you're saying, and I don't even realize, I don't think you realize how good it is. <laughs> you use the word treat. That mm-hmm. Not a cheat. It's yes. Yes. And I have all, all my trainers. We have little bios on our wall and we write down our favorite treat meal. Everything's mm-hmm. a treat. Nothing's a cheat. Because it's reinforcing that it's positive reinforcement instead of negative reinforcement. You feel guilty when you cheat. You feel Mm -hmm. encouraged when you treat. It's a mind game, people. And this is how you win. Little tiny things you think are ridiculous that we say over and over again. But if you Mm -hmm. listen to people who are successful, they all say the same thing. It's a treat. You are treating yourself for doing, accomplishing your goal and getting through the week or getting through that workout. It's a treat and you enjoy life to make it so fitness becomes positive impact in your life as opposed to constantly calling everything a treat and exercise is hard and it's just uh, mm-hmm. it's a waste of time. Then you start getting that negative reinforcement and you're probably going to fail. So right. mindset. I love Mindset. <laughs> so... Um... That's pretty much it. It's uh, whole food nutrition, intermittent fasting, carb cycling, and effective, efficient exercise. I love the. I want to go back and the to- community and the community mindset. That's that's extremely important. That was my biggest learning in all of this. It's like I thought I could be. I don't need accountability. I can do this myself. No. I want, I want to wake up and I want to see people doing the workout with me, showing their sweaty selfies. I want to post, you know, my sweaty selfie. I want to comment that, yeah, that was, that move was really hard. And I really like this. And, and this is what I'm having for my leg day treat. The community is huge. And we have, when you join the VIP, as far as the sustainability, you know, the long-term program, which is an option, but you get tons of, community you get the big community we have it on facebook it's a the big community um there's about twenty thousand in the community and then you have a small group which with your coach so just a small group of people that you know and you can relate to and my coach she has uh, monthly zoom meetings to check in and then we have lifestyle groups uh there's a lifestyle group for pregnant and breastfeeding women. There's a lifestyle group for uh, vegans and vegetarians. There's a lifestyle group for uh, athletes. And then I belong to the over 50 lifestyle group. So it's, it just doesn't stop. It keeps going. And then every day, every week, I'm sorry, every month we have a challenge. This month we have a burpee challenge. And why a burpee? Oh God. (laughs) Worst exercise. The best exercise. And the reason why is because of its efficiency and its strength. 
think about um, trying to put something in the overhead bin on an airplane. You need to stretch and lift. Okay. What about getting down on the floor and looking underneath your bed for something? Oh, don't get me wrong. It's a great exercise, but <laughs> not, I'm an avid Spartan race person. Okay. Every oh, time mm -hmm. we fail an obstacle, it's 30 burpees on top of like the 13 mile treks we're doing on mountains. So this is why I have PTSD over burpees. Okay. <laughs> well, burpees don't like you either. That's fair. I'm okay with this. <laughs> but anyway, so, so what we do in a burpee challenge, for example, is that we've got a baseline the first day of the month. Um, then three days a week, we have an optional add-on of exercises that will help you improve the function, the, the efficiency of your burpee. And then every week you'll, you know, re-time you know, re yourself. And basically, for example, I did so many burpees. My goal is to improve that by 25%. That's a reasonable goal. We share our goals. Every, you know, every week we have goal setting because uh, that's part of the accountability. What are your weekly goals? If you not only identify them and then you write them down and then you share them with other people, you have a 45% more improved rate of, of reaching that goal than if you didn't do those things. Yeah, and I wanna point out something that I, I think is the reason you guys are having a lot of success and it's a big reason why a lot of people don't have success and you've pretty much been talking about it for the last 10 minutes, but it's having others keep you accountable and holding yourself to do what you do. We suck as human beings of keeping ourselves accountable. How many times have all of you said, I'm going to go clean the back room and you end up putting it off for a year and a half? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we suck at this as people. And one of the biggest reasons people fail exercise programs or weight loss programs in general is because they don't have an accountability. Even worse, they get sabotaged by their significant others or just people they live with. And it's never intentional. The person that you're living with, I mean, less than sadistic, but usually it's not an intentional sabotage, but it comes to the point where they're like, hey, honey, let's uh, go out to dinner and have a glass of wine. Or your friends, hey, let's go out for some drinks tonight. Or just these constant pulls or grocery shopping. If you don't do the grocery shopping in your house, you have no control over what's right in front of you. And if you want to fail, put everything you love that's bad for you in the fridge. There you go. That's how you're going to fail. Talk about having needing perfect self-control, which not even I have or anyone I know has. It's really important you have a community. It's really important you have somebody that you do this for. And it's things that you mentioned in your own personal story where your father having bladder cancer to you was, oh, I need to do something about this for him so I don't end up in his boat and I can help others. And it's little things like that. Like myself, I want to, I take myself to the extreme of being healthy and I get made fun of a lot through my family, which I love them, but I do it because you know what? It's going to force them to be healthier. And it works a little here and there where I know really I'm helping. That? I really, really, really think. Yes. I mean, do you think being to the extreme is going to change their mind? I don't think it changes their mind, but they get that sense of guilt. And I see that 
when we go out and a great example is I, I used to drink a lot. I don't really, I don't drink really much at all anymore. I treat myself with a beer a month, but <laughs> mm-hmm. when I, I, most people will get drinks in my family and I'll say, no, I'm good. And when the waiter goes to ask around and they ask me and I'm like, no, I don't want anything. I see after that, nobody else orders. And I know normally they would. Or I go ahead and I'm like, you know, I'm going to get this, 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 and I get something healthy. They don't look at, you could see they make these little decisions in their head where they're like, oh, I guess I should be healthy too. It's like a little reminder of, hey, I need to do something. And I really believe this because I see it a lot with my family. I have a huge family. (laughs) (laughs) So it's the little tiny things where they point out and try to nitpick me because I really think it's because they feel guilty about themselves. I think it's more of an internal thing where they're like, oh man, he's doing that. And look at me. I'm such a fat ass. So, you know, it really, I think does it, it helps. Change the, does it change their behavior significantly enough? Slightly. And obviously it's always going to be a thing where someone has to want to do it for themselves, but they'll never want to do it for themselves if you don't do it because they want to be like, especially significant others. That's a big one. If you're going to sit on the couch all day, you know how much harder it is for your significant others to sit on the couch every day. But if you're going to the gym every day and you're eating healthy every day, they're going to start looking at it and maybe it will take them a while, but they'll have small victories. And all you can hope for is that small victories and constant reminders will help motivate them to do the same. And as long as it's all encouragement and comes from a good place in your heart, that's where you're going to win. You can't come from a bad place. Right. And you bring up a really good point. You're going to succeed if you really want to. You have to really want (laughs) to succeed because there are are plenty of people that oh, I'm going to do this starter program because my friend so-and-so is doing the starter program. I don't really, you know, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to count my macros and I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do the workouts. Well, of course you're not going to succeed because you're going to be, you're being there to support your friend, not there to help, help you change your, your eating habits or your workout habits. If you really want this, you will do it. And if you do it, it will work, period. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think you had a lot of good points. Obviously, the only thing I don't really, I I just don't know enough about, so I don't want to say positive or negative on either light of it. Carb cycling would be the only thing I'm like, I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't want to be one to make a judgment off of it. Let me tell you my experience. Yeah, go for it. I never carb cycled before, but I attribute that to it stopping my belly fat. I talked to my coach last night and she said, you may have to stop carb cycling. You don't need to do it anymore because you're in strength mode. So stop carb cycling and just follow your regular macros and do your workouts because I do the workouts, you know, and I, I've lost enough body fat that I can focus now on building strength, which is what I want to do now. Uh, Basically, you know, think about your life. Lifeline goals. I want to be able to pick up my grandchildren and play with them on the floor. And that's why the functional fitness workouts that are in the faster way 
are so key. Every workout that you do is going to help you live a better life long term. It's not to, you know, see how much you can lift or how many burpees you can do. It's how can you improve your life so that you have a good life later. This, we, we can keep you alive for a long time. That's what's so great about the, uh, you know, the advances in medicine. But what good is a long life if you can't live it? I love that. I say that all the time. <laughs> what the <laughs> heck is the point of being wealthy? What the heck is mm -hmm. the point of living to your 80, 90 if you have zero quality of life and you can't enjoy it? Well, my dad turns 85 next year. Congrats to him. That's awesome. And he wants to be in the 120 club. And this is a guy that, you know, 40 years ago had bladder cancer. And he gets up and exercises. He watches what he, he doesn't. He doesn't follow the faster way, but he knows what he wants. He knows how to get there. You draw a straight line. I love it. That's awesome. That sounds, he sounds like an awesome man. See? <laughs> That's insane. Well, actually, actually, that line is from my husband, and he's an awesome man, too. <laughs> I'm sure. If he knows you and your father, definitely is. Yeah. But um, I did not realize that something like an, a, a nutrition and fitness program would really take my breath away and move me to want to really change what I do in my life. Not only, you know, maintaining the fitness and the nutrition, but to start a podcast and do all it takes to run a podcast and run a Facebook group about it and everything. So uh, it just had a lot of impact on me. And uh, I, when you have success and you know it works, and you know it can be helpful to other people, you want to shout it off the rooftops. And that's what I want to do in my podcast is tell people, hey, you don't have to give up. You don't have to it. give up. If you really, truly want this and you need the help, you need, you need to be taught how to do it so that it's part of your lifestyle and you can do this for the rest of your, your long life. Here, this is how you do it. And you know what? You want, I want to top it all off. The six-week starter program is $199. Love it. And what was this one more time before we wrap this up? What was the name of it again? The whole program and where can they find you? All the good stuff. Well, the good stuff is go to fatlosssuccessstories.com. That is my podcast website. You can click on any faster way link that will take you to learn more information about the program and how to register. You can also go and download a, a free guide on intermittent fasting uh, to help you work through getting into a, a, a um, time-restricted eating. And listen to some podcasts. Listen to the early episodes too. Uh, those are with my coach. She's now the head trainer on A Faster Way and leads the workouts. And so she's a, a, a familiar uh, voice and face, but she takes, we take each of the strategies, intermittent fasting, carb cycling, the fitness and, and discuss them in detail. So uh, those are little mini episodes that if you want to learn more about those, I recommend listening to those, the earlier episodes. Love that. And thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Health and Fitness Redefined. Don't forget to subscribe to our show and join us next week as we dive deeper into this ever-changing field. And remember, fitness is a journey not a destination. Thanks for coming on, Veronica. It was a pleasure. 
It was an honor, Anthony. Thank you. For us, we know what it's like to feel unhealthy, depressed, and downright defeated. We want to show others there is a right way. And through fitness, you could do anything you set your mind to. Fitness can give you that motivation, confidence, energy you need to bridge that mental gap and prevent you from missing important life events. We understand it's about feeling better, living longer, and being good examples for our kids. We understand this because we live it. And for us, that's the redefined difference.